from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louis B. He's set to go. Here's the snap, the hold, the kick. It's up and it's good. Just barely. Taylor Bertolette kicks a 55-yarder with no time on the clock to tie the game. Hamilton 36, David Cote. Brandon Banks in the end zone in case he misses the field goal. The kick is up. It is good. And Montreal with the field goal in overtime. Get the come from behind victory against the Tiger Cats. That winning streak at home is over. RJ Broadhead with the call as heard right here on the uh, Ticats audio network as the Ticats drop a 23 to 20 decision to the Montreal Alouettes snaps an 11 game home winning streak and the Ticats drop to four and four on this season. Thanks for joining us here on Ticats today. It's your digital host, Louis B. Thanks for checking us out on the Ticats audio network. Coming up on today's show, we're going to hear from a man who was between the benches on Saturday. That's the CFL on TSN's Matthew Shinetti. We'll get his thoughts on what he saw in the game. Uh, we'll hear from the head coach of the Ticats, Orlando Steinauer. We'll hear from quarterback Jeremiah Masoli as well. We'll get to uh, some of your thoughts on where the Ticats are. I took to Twitter to... See how you're feeling after Saturday's game. It's uh, been a few days, so hopefully uh, maybe if you were angry or fired up, maybe you've had a couple of days to breathe and and realize there's still lots of season left. Uh, it is a big week in the CFL. I'll let you know right now that the Tigers don't return to practice until Wednesday, but it's a big week in the CFL as there are five games on the schedule including a pair of teams who are playing twice this week. So week 10 actually gets underway on Wednesday when the Toronto Argonauts host the Ottawa Red Blacks. So that's game one of week one, of week 10, excuse me. Uh, there's game on Friday, Edmonton and Winnipeg. There's game on Saturday, Calgary and Saskatchewan. And then Monday is a doubleheader Thanksgiving matchup between uh, the four East Division teams. So the Red Blacks will be in Montreal. That'll be a 1 o'clock kickoff. And the Ticats will host the Argos starting at 4 p.m. So it's a pretty big week when you consider first and fourth in the uh, CFL's East Division is separated by just two games. Toronto is leading at 4-3. and three. Ottawa is fourth at two and five. So we could be talking about a Ticats team heading into that you know, 4 p.m. kickoff on Monday. That's either playing for first or trying to keep pace with Toronto or trying to keep pace with Montreal. So it'll be a, an interesting game, to say the least, uh, coming up on Monday. But lots to get to uh, when it comes to uh, the week ahead. Uh, and again, the Ticats aren't back at practice until Wednesday. In the meantime, let's hear what the head coach of the Ticats had to say after the game on Saturday. Here is Orlando Steinauer as he addressed the media. We just didn't make our we didn't make our players, Steve. Uh, we had opportunities in in all three phases. I feel like to to do something, and you know, even despite uh, the way things ended up, you know, we were in extra time. Um, 
we, you just can't play that way and expect to win. You're leaving right. it up to chance. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line. You, we, we can't turn the ball over. Um, we got to make our plays on second and, and long, third and long. We're giving up explosions. Uh, you're always flirting with disaster anytime uh, you, you're cooking with that recipe. Yeah, we, we just, you know, we weren't able to sustain drives. And, you know, they, you know, obviously there was a, a win factor there in the fourth quarter. So they, you know, they elected to uh, give it to us in the third. And I thought we made some hay there. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, despite everything, you know, we, we found a way to, to line up. And we had opportunities to win. That's all I can really say. Yeah. Is we had opportunities to win and we didn't do it. So credit them. Yeah, I think we had opportunities to, you know, we definitely had we definitely had those opportunities, Bubs, but uh we didn't make them, you know. And so sometimes the ebb and the flow of the game, you're gonna have to find a way to win these these types of games. And and tonight we didn't. And you know, I think it's pretty evident from our standpoint, uh as to the whys, and it's just going to be a matter of uh, not making the same mistakes repeatedly or else, uh, you know, it's going to be really challenging for us down the stretch. Well, I just know that they weren't able to return. They didn't get cleared by the medical staff. So um, I just know they didn't get sent for x-rays or or anything right now. So I don't, I don't have an update on that. Uh, I just know that they didn't get a medical clearance to return to play. That is the head coach of the Hanson Tiger Cats, Orlando Steinauer, as he spoke after the uh, team's game on Saturday. He provided an update there, and I don't think he would have much of an update after the game, but uh, K. Okafor and uh, Frankie Williams had to leave the game on Saturday. Mason Bennett did as well. Probably won't get an update on either or all three of those guys until they get back on the practice fields on Wednesday. But two huge losses. Kay Okafor, who I think has played in every game of the season, all eight games on the offensive line. Uh, you lose him. You know, you're already down an offensive lineman in, uh, in Yarbrough on the practice roster. So uh, Jesse Gibbon comes in. So that's a huge loss. And then losing Frankie Williams, both on punt returns, kick returns, and in the secondary. Uh, two huge factors. Coach mentioned it there. They're not going to make excuses. They've never been one to make excuses. Uh, but when you lose a guy like Frankie Williams, who I think is, is an all-star, He's an East Division All-Star for sure. Probably a league All-Star uh, when he's at the top of his game. So two huge losses. Tigats not making excuses, but, uh, you know, I think it's something to consider when we look at the tight finish to this game and, and how the rest of the game changed after losing both those uh, key players. So uh, Jeremiah Masoli was making his first start since week two. And all things considered, for a guy who has played just eight quarters of football in the last two years two and a half years I think you can say he looked okay there are going to be some passes I'm sure he's going to want back there are there were some times Andy had mentioned it on Tiger Cats post game there were some times it looked like maybe he had taken one or two pump fakes he didn't need to but also he's playing with guys he hasn't played with over the course of a long time it was just one practice week back preparing for this game for Masoli so I feel you know, and I'm going to get to some of your comments, and I know some of you are already uh, calling on, you know, when's Dane back? We got to get Dane back. I think it's also important that we kind of understand where Jeremiah Masoli is coming from. And uh, again, he didn't cost them the game. If you look at that, football is a team game. And obviously, when you're the highest profile player on the field, 
that being the quarterback, a lot of the attention is going to be focused on you. Uh, but here is what Jeremiah Masoli had to say after the game on Saturday. Um, it was okay. I definitely got to play better, but um, just just still kind of salty about losing like that, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was tough. We got to learn from that. Um, trying to remember that we had a couple miscues that were just us uh, messing up, but. Um, I don't know, man. I need to go back to the film and, and really, really dissect it and see what it, what's going on. Uh, timid? Nah, definitely not. But um, okay. I definitely was was trying to settle in a little early and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just get, get the feel of it, get my legs wet again. Uh, but not nah, definitely not timid. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely, obviously, happy to have my man back uh, mm-hmm. doing his thing. Obviously, he's a dangerous weapon like we see. And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep building on everything that we're doing. Yeah, that's on us as offense for sure. I mean, we got to emphasize that being able to finish drives off uh, with touchdowns, especially if we get down there close enough. You know, we we drove the field, so we might as well finish. Um, Yeah, we just got to do a better job, take care of the ball. And, um, you know, I think if we take care of the ball and, and a lot less mistakes, even a couple, you know, I think we win that game. That is the quarterback of your Hamilton Tiger Cats, Jeremiah Masoli, as he spoke after the game on Saturday. All right, wanted to get to some of your responses on how you're feeling after the Ticats lost on Saturday, dropping to 4-4. Four and four. I took to Twitter. Wanted to know how you're feeling about where the team is at, and uh, I appreciate all of you who got back to me, including at P60M, who says, even though it wasn't much in the way of offense this last game, they never gave up. It wasn't pretty, but they came so close, and uh, that's true. They did, uh, right, basically literally as close as you can get. Uh, first of all, on the kick by Taylor Bertolet. Uh Absolutely great kick, uh, but, uh, you know, losing in overtime is absolutely a tough way to lose a football game. Uh, Joe Valeri says, hey, Louie, love the show. Keep it up. But do you think after that game, maybe releasing Posey was not the best idea? Or the Cats can go get Duke Williams. Haha. Also, this O-line needs fixing. Okafor uh, needs someone who can control that left side. Um, a lot going on in that message there. Um, do I think releasing Posey was a bad idea? No, I, I don't think so. Um, I You know, when he heard Coach talk about it, it obviously seemed like it was a really tough decision. And when you know the background of, you know, Coach Tommy and Devere Posey, they, I, I, it was not a decision they took lightly. So I'm never going to question, uh, you know, a tough decision like that. I'm not in the room. I'm not close enough to even think I'm near the team enough uh, to make a decision like that. But also, a guy like Stephen Dunbar had uh, 75 yards. You know, they weren't expecting a guy like Dunbar to have a game like that. Tim White was was efficient as well, catching the ball uh, five times, not for a whole lot of yards, but for 30 yards. So I think. The releasing of Devere Posey was more about, you know, the, what Dunbar and Tim White and Pappy White and what guys have been able to do. So uh, I don't think the Tigers are, are regretting that. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, Tiger Sammy says, uh, not concerned, but I still think Dane Evans is the man to lead this team forward. I must say it is exciting to see the East being competitive again. Uh, it's been a long time. And like I said, we just heard from Masoli, and I'm not trying to play apologist here, but it was expected he was going to have some rust. He was playing with a lot of receivers. He hadn't played with a whole lot this season. So, uh, again, I think it's important to acknowledge it's 4-4. Four four. It is the East Division. That's a great point. It's great to see the East being competitive again. 
Uh, but that being said, uh, yeah, four and four. This is a big week. We mentioned that, you know, two teams playing twice in the East. Uh, all, we could have three teams at four and four by the time Monday rolls around. So, who, so who really knows? Uh, at Manny Oliviera, well, Manny Oliviera at Oski Manny O uh, says could have buried Montreal in the standings. Would be up two points on Toronto heading into Thanksgiving Monday. Now, East is open. It's a race to end. Got to win three division games that are left. A must. At Oski Eddie says he's not happy, especially after giving up the lead on Saturday. He thinks there are too many holes on this team. Uh, and let's finish here with at Super Gal at Canadian Cal 30. Uh, she says, not concerned that East Division is wide open among the top three. Almost all the same standings, give or take a game. Accepted that this year is not the 2019 blow away year, but we're still in the running. All good. Dane will be back. Keep injuries to a minimum, hopefully. So appreciate all your uh, comments and feedback. I'll try to get to some of you on Twitter that I didn't get back to here on the show, but right now, very pleased to be joined by the uh, CFL on TSN's Matthew Shinetti. And uh, Matthew, we were just talking about Taylor Bertolette and his 55-yard kick into the wind here at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, you, like myself, have seen a lot of games at this stadium. We know the conditions. I, I have to think the situation to tie it into the wind, 55 yards, that was one of the more impressive kicks I've seen here at Tim Hortons Field. Yeah, I think some of the Justin Medlock ones um, were pretty good, uh, given the fact that, you know, Justin, it, it's a, it is a science to kick at Tim Hortons Field because if you watch that game and watch Montreal's kick, uh, kind of pull a, a Sean White circa 2013 where it died just before it hit the goalpost, um, you know that Hamilton is uh, – Hamilton can be a death trap for, for kicks that fly in the air on a windy day. So – uh, Bertolette, I think that was all power. I mean, uh, maybe if he and, – and if you think about it, if he had the wind at his back, we, we might have been thinking about, you know, a kick, you know, a Justin Tucker-esque kick from the 60-plus yards. So uh, what it reminded me and what was great about that moment was the, the noise and the sound, um, you know, kind of reminded me of, of, you know, the noise and the, and the energy that can come out of Tim Hortons Field that's been gone for too long. Um, but it also, you know, it's, it was just such a good game. I mean, that really was the game of the, the year so far. I mean, maybe some could argue, obviously, Saskatchewan, BC a couple weeks back, but that, that game and everything that happened, um, irrespective of the fact that the, that the Ticats came out on the losing end of it, uh, was a pretty special game. And, and that kick from Bertolette, given all everything that, that was in that moment for him, you know, that's a pretty, pretty intense kick. In the, given the circumstances, in the in the in the wind, in all the elements, um, it was a pretty awesome moment and a pretty awesome game. Is there something to be said about the Tie Cats having to face this almost sort of adversity early on, having to face situations, you know, where they're up seventeen to three, you know, all the, you know, maybe one more touchdown really puts that game away. Is is there something to be said that the Tie Cats are are learning a lot more this season because of games like this? I don't know, Louis. They've been learning about adversity since 2013. <laughs> that's, that's a true uh, point. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, when, you know, the one thing that is so, and I think the only other team that maybe can 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 speak about dealing with adversity, just in terms of the injuries they sustained um, over the last you know number of years, maybe is Calgary because they they really have to plug into their depth, much like Hamilton has to. But uh, and I asked Orlando Steinauer 
almost the same question, but I changed around a few words and made it maybe made it a little more specific to parts of his team. And Orlando always says, you know, some version of you were going to line up with the guys we got and we're going to play the game and we're going to see what happens. And I think that's, that is very much um, just the philosophy and the mentality of, of what it means to be Hamilton Tiger Cat and dealing with the adversity. Now, I think what we're seeing is for the first time in a long time, especially if Ottawa comes out and beats Toronto, we're looking at an East that's hyper competitive. That that anybody can beat anybody on any given day, and we haven't had that in a long time. And you know, dare I say, we actually might have, you know, the, the, the requisite number of playoff teams coming out of the East because everybody has had their day. The Tie Cats have had their day. Certainly, you take a look at Labor Day, what they did to the Argos, and and obviously that 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 real tough it out game against Calgary. Obviously, uh, the uh, the Alouettes have had their day. Uh, um, you know, a couple times, but specifically, you know, in the game against Hamilton this past week. And, and you know, we'll see what, what Caleb Evans is all about uh, really against the Argos on Wednesday night. I mean, they, they, uh, you know, every team in this division can, can claim on the week to be the best team in the division. But the one thing about Hamilton to kind of to circle back to it is, is this team knows how to deal with adversity. And I, I am not worried about Hamilton after that loss. If anything, knowing the way that team is motivated, I, I would think that that they don't need to be shown it again and again and again. Orlando would just walk into that locker room and say, okay, you know what? We learned lessons. We've been here before, but we are still, the, we, we, you know, we're still in the pole position here. And that just means that we have to work harder and, and nothing, nothing gets Hamilton fans more excited and Ticats players more excited than the idea of working harder. Um, these, this, this kind of week 10, because it's an interesting week because the Argos play twice, uh, technically in week 10, coming up on Wednesday, like you said, against the Red Blacks, and then Monday against the Ticats. This seems like it's a pretty significant week on the CFL calendar. Um, is, that, is that too soft of a statement? Because it, it seems like it might be the biggest week of the season so far. Yeah, I think given the, that we're coming we're, – we're, we're now officially in the second half of the season. Um, in this hyper-speed season where there literally are no days off, it seems um, – this this is going to be a crucial week, particularly for the Argos and the Red Blacks, because they both play twice. Um, I would say, I would say this is a critical week in particular for Ottawa, um, only because you know Ottawa has shown some life, um, and a win uh, over Toronto certainly puts them back in the conversation. And you know the Argos, I mean the Argos cannot afford to lose any of the games here because the fact is Montreal has proven itself to be a you know, when they're on their game and when they're on their week, they're very tough to beat, as Hamilton can attest. And, um, you know, the Argos, as they continue to find out what their defense is going to look like, and, and, and surely, you know, they've, they've, been, they've played well at home, but I would think Ryan Dinwiddie, having watched them on the sidelines, will express that, hey, you know, we haven't played to our full potential. We haven't, we haven't played consist- consistently or, or played a full game. And I think for Hamilton, there's going to have to come a point irrespective of some of the injuries that they, that they took yet again, you know, namely to Frankie Williams in that game, you know, Hamilton's also looking for a certain amount of consistency because we know what this team is capable of. And I, and, you know, having both uh, Speedy and Braylon Addison in the lineup, um, I can imagine, even though on paper it looked good, they're going to need some time to kind of, you know, especially Braylon Addison. And, and, you know, he played so well, but, you know, Speedy's coming off of a, you know, a really annoying injury, as is Jeremiah, and they're going to need some time. But the fact is they're not going to get time. And, you know, that game that they play 
on Thanksgiving Monday is is critical. It's crucial because if Ottawa wins and they beat Montreal or what happens in Montreal, like that Montreal-Ottawa um, game before everything happens in the second half of that game on, on, uh, on Thanksgiving Monday. I mean, Thanksgiving Monday is maybe the biggest day for the East Division so far this, this year because, you know, if whomever – if Ottawa wins and they win again, they put pressure. If Montreal wins, they put pressure. It's like – I'm not saying we're at that playoff football point, but given all of the context of this year and, and, and how teams can't really take their foot off at any point, uh, it's, it's going to be all really all systems go for uh, as soon as this week starts on Wednesday. Yeah. We could be talking about like a, a Thanksgiving Monday game in which three teams in the East have four wins, right? If Ottawa can win both games somehow, who knows? It's, it's a season where we've uh, come to expect the unexpected for sure. Uh, Matthew, always appreciate you doing this, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, brother. My thanks to Matthew Shinetti for joining me today. My thanks to you for tuning in to this Monday edition of Tie Cats today. Brand new week means a brand new slate of shows for you on the Tie Cats Audio Network, including a brand new episode today of the CFL This Week. Uh, this week, Bubba O'Neill joined with uh, Jim Mullen, Will Malt, and Taylor Shire. So go check it out wherever you got this podcast. It's the CFL this week. Make sure to subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network. Check back daily at 4 p.m. for the release of all of our shows uh, that we love putting out for you here on the Ticats Audio Network. Thanks for checking us out today. We are back again tomorrow, same time, same place, for the Ticats Audio Network. I'm Louis B. Have a great day. Tie Cats today with Louis B. Subscribe, like, and get your Tie Cats fix every weekday.